The 372nd edition of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by Bird Dog Shorts. Dominate summer with an amazing pair of shorts and a free Yeti-style tumbler when you order over at birddogs.com slash pool. That's birddogs.com slash pool. Hi-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast, the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 372. Who should I send it out to? Hmm, does anybody do anything cool? Uh, not my co-host, because he didn't help me uh, with any kind of uh, any kind of um, dedication here. Uh, who should I send it out to? Um, I'll send it out to my, my sons, who are on summer vacation now and survived another year of school and excelled. So this goes out to, to the children. Um, thank you. For coming to the show, I'm one of the hosts, Jeff Chalks Fox. This is here our main card preview of UFC and ESPN Strickland versus Magomedov, the main event we never knew we, we wanted or needed, but we're getting anyhow. We'll break down the six fights on the card and then we will give you our locks, dogs, parlays, and hopefully, a no, the parlay hopefully will be a two fight parlay that will hit and make us big money. We'll also give you some fancy prop picks as well. Uh, help with all this will be provided by. The one and only Daniel Gumby Vreeland. Hello. I like how you introduced me as if I was like a PBS pledge drive. Help for all yes. this will be provided by. <laughs> True. You, you're, the support for this podcast is brought by brought to you by Gumby Vreeland. There you go. I like it. Let's do that every yeah. time. <laughs> all right. Let's do it. Um, thoughts on the main card? That we we kind of ripped through the the prelims fairly quickly. It wasn't a lot of a lot of numbers that we enjoyed. There was like a plus 1100 uh pick that we uh, 11 minus 1100 pick that we we had to uh back and um you know wasn't a whole lot of value there thoughts on the main card i I think there's a lot more value on this main card i think there's a couple of sleepy good spots to bet um and also you know i I think i've always said this uh when we're talking about whether or not a fight card is good or bad or interesting it at least should answer questions right like in uh I think this one answers a lot of questions like, you know, Grant Dawson and Demirius Magulov, like which one of these two guys is ready for that next tier of fighters that they're going to fight, right? Like who, who's ready to fight a top 10 guy um, is Michael Morales for real. He's going to fight a grizzly veteran for the first time. And Max Griffin, like uh, what was the change we saw in Ariane Lipsky for her last fight for real, or, you know, is she about to be exposed is not really knowing how to grapple. Like there, there's so many, uh, so many interesting questions, especially towards the top of the card. There you go. He, he put a good, good spin on things for us. So we will get you into this here card uh, in one moment. First, I got to tell you about something else you should, we should get you into. That would be bird dog shorts, bird dogs shorts, excuse me. Bird dogs make you look good. Bird dogs stretch khaki shorts are designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and leg, give you a truly sculpted look. Bird dog shorts do the exact same thing as Lululemon, but fit way better. They fit way better than the regular shorts that are made of stiff, restricting cotton. Bird dogs fix this issue by embedding cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. Bird dogs uses anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. Uh, go to birddogs.com slash pool if you don't have shorts or if you want to get these shorts or if you want more of these shorts. And enter promo code POOL, P-O-O-L, for a free Yeti-style tumbler with your order. That's birddogs.com slash pool 
for free Yeti style tumbler. You won't want to take your bird dogs off. We promise you. All right. You won't want to miss our picks here. We promise you as well. UFC on ESPN Strickland versus Megamedov going down this Friday, excuse me, Saturday, Canada day, July the 1st, um, UFC apex prelims. Now my dogs are barking down just like yours were yesterday. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I was going to say you, you took over the, the dog gig today. Yeah. There you go. No storm, but the barking. They must. They must have um, known you. You didn't uh, get, uh, honor them with an episode like my dog true. yesterday. Yeah, that's right. Okay, well, my dogs have to get one soon enough. All right, we did prelims yesterday. If you want to hear faintly, you may hear some dogs barking. Probably not. Um, that's yesterday's episode. It's prelims are four p.m. ESPN, and the main card seven p.m. ESPN and ESPN Plus. We're starting with middleweights. Nursultan Ruzaboyev. Rosaboyev, yeah. Rosaboyev versus Bruno Ferreira. Bruno with two ends. Uh, we'll tell you about Orfeheya. Excuse me. Rosaboyev, Black is the nickname. Why is his nickname Black? No idea. Okay, well, you're going to get on that for us. Uh, how's this for a record for a debuting fighter? 34, 8, and 2. 12 knockouts, 20 submissions. He's been knocked out once, submitted once. Short notice debut. Everyone's alarms are going off after hearing that. Uh, he's won eight straight, all via finish. He's not fought since April 2022. He's not lost since December of 2019. He's got multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Get the shirt, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at welterweight. Six inches of height over Fahea. Do not have reach info for him. You would assume all things being equal, it's probably about the same. A year younger than Fahea. He's at plus 170. The Hulk, Bruno Fahea. 10 and 0, seven knockouts, three submissions. So he's finished all of his opponents as well. Not as well, but uh, Rizaboyev has is a finisher as well. Uh, Fahea, one and the UFC, one and all contender series, regional champion, minus 182. Give me Fahea. He's, I think he surprised us uh, by how decent he has looked over the past couple of fights. And I know nothing about the Rizaboyev except he's a journeyman making a short notice debut here. So give me Fahea, please. Yeah, so Ruzaboyev, first of all, he hasn't even been a pro that long to have that many fights. He only turned pro nine years ago, um, and, and he has 40-something fights. Um, yeah, which is crazy. Uh, and actually, it's 46 if you count his no contest. Um, oh, right. I missed that. Yeah, yeah. So it, he, he once fought 14 times in one year. His first fight came in May. Uh, so he didn't, <laughs> which is an insane stat, right? Um, and so what I can tell you about him is he, he now trains at Daniel Gracie and Hensel Gracie, Philly. Um, so like he's got good coaches with John Marquez and Daniel Gracie down there. Um, he's really, like you said, he's kind of a taller middleweight, uh, at six, four, but I will tell you in all of the film that I've seen of him, he does not typify what you would expect from a Hensel Gracie, Philly guy. He, he actually disappoints me quite a bit with his wrestling defense. Um, you know, like I watched a couple of his fights, particularly the one with, um, if you guys watch uh, Aries, uh, Ibrahim Mane is a, a guy who's won a few fights in a row in, in, in uh, Aries. And he was really taking it to Ruzaboyev. He took him down. He had great positioning. He wound up going for a triangle choke. Uh, and then Ruzaboyev slammed him out. Uh, so he wound up losing that fight, but like had control was clearly the better of the two fighters. Um, and then, you know, you look at a lot of his other fights and he's, he's fighting cans mostly, or, you know, for like sketchy promotions or, you know, like a, a, a lot of things like that. So I would tell you in what I've seen from him, 
underwhelming wrestling ability. Like he's not that good at getting back up. Um, I, I think his hands are kind of way too low when he's striking. He kind of keeps them down a lot closer to his shoulder than his chin. He, he loves throwing the big overhand rights, even if they're not landing all the time. And when you look at what he's fighting against in Fajeda, I, I mean, he just won a fight with a gnarly counter on Hobokov, right? Just like an absolutely bomb of a counter that slept him with one punch. So if we're talking about a guy who has low hands, not great defense, and, you know, like throws overhand rights that sometimes are not close. That's like begging to be countered with like a sharp left here. So I, I'm going to say Fajeda as well. I think he's going to hit him with that quick counter, put him to sleep. And, and what did you say? Negative 182? Yep. That, that's number. a Yeah, that's a great price for him there, too. Because um, yep. I think I, I think Rudzaboyev has got that Russian sounding name and everybody's assuming he's going to come in here and wrestle. And hey, maybe even the bookmakers took into account that he's training at Enzo Philly. I, I just don't think any of those things matter. I think Fahed is going to sleep him. All right. We're going to get a knockout prop, too, maybe. Um, all right. Let's cut some weight and go down to lightweight. Ismail Bonfim versus Benoit Saint-Denis. Closest thing to a Canadian we're getting on this card. A French, a Frenchman. Um, Saint-Denis is the god of war. 10-1 and one with one no contest. Knocked out. He's knocked out two people, submitted eight people. So he's finished all of his wins. He himself has never been finished in a fight. And if you saw his UFC debut, you can see why. Uh, he's 2-1 in the UFC. He lost the debut, but he's won two straight fights, both via via finish, of course, because that's what he does. He's fight at welterweight and middleweight, was a regional champion, three inches taller than Bonfim, two inches of reach. He's been outstruck in the UFC by 2.35 strikes a minute. He has better grappling stats than Bonfim. He's at plus 260. Moretta is Bonfim, which means... Hammer. Yes. He's 19-3, nine knockouts, four submissions. He's been submitted himself three times, so he's been finishing all of his losses. One and all in the UFC, one and all in contender series, 13 straight wins. He won his last fight via knockout. He's not lost since July of 2014. He's a regional champion or was. Used to fight at 135, 145, and 170. 2011 Pro MMA debut, striking and active striking stats better than St. Denis. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 2.69 strikes a minute. He's at minus 300. We know him as the lesser of the Bonfim brothers. We'll let Gumby pick. Yeah, I think he's the lesser of them, but uh, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna go to Saint Denis here. Um, I, hey, sell I think, me on this. Yeah, I want I, 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 I want to pick him too, but sell me. I, I think the dog money here is really smart on him. First of all, I, I don't know why he's that big of an underdog. Um, you know, Ishmael does have that big knockout, and obviously there's the hype on both of the brothers coming off the contender series, but. I, I think the hype is on like the family more than it is anything else. Cause look, Benoit Saint Denis undefeated as a lightweight. Uh, nobody's ever beaten him and he's being good people too, right? Like he beat, he beat Luan Santiago in brave, um, which is a big win. He beat Gabriel Miranda in his last fight and absolutely torched him. This is a guy who's got phenomenal wrestling. I think people forget too. You remember that fight he had with Elias Zaleski Dos Santos, which by the way, are the only reasons his, his stats look yeah. bad, right? Yep. He took a beating, but, but Zaleski Dos Santos could not get him out of that fight. Despite the fact that he took it on like four days notice up a weight class against a very talented striker. And if you're telling me that Saint or uh, that Dos Santos couldn't get him out of there, I don't know that bone theme can. And I think the way that Bonfim is overly aggressive, who sometimes moves forward at an incredible rate, and the fact that he's going to have to be defending takedowns, I think Bonfim is going to tire. I don't think he's going to be able to keep up the pace that St. Denis puts on him. And 
you know, kind of to go along with that, like, I don't know that his grappling is good enough off of his back, which is where I think he's going to spend a lot of this fight. Also, you know, I, you know, I mentioned the, uh, the St. Denis fight or the, not the St. Denis fight, the Dos Santos fight. I, I think people forget that like he had a little bit of success in that fight. Now, granted, not a lot of success because that fight probably should have been stopped as crazy as it was. But like early on in that fight, he scored takedowns on Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. He got one in the first and one in the second and, and scored like a minute's worth of, of control time or two minutes worth of control time, one minute for each of them. So like, I think that St. Denis has a real path to victory and just like grounding Bonfim, holding him there, tiring him out, making him work. Um, and, and like the fact that I think he's got a rock solid chin too, I think that just makes it easier to pick him. I'm with you. Let's go for a big dog, Dan. Um, Benoit Saint Denis. Yeah, hopefully he can just outgrit uh, Bonfim, um, possible guy to to put away, and hopefully he he leans. Well, he usually does lean on his his grappling to get the job done. So let's do it. We're giving you a big dog, a big big dog here, just like Muggsy. Um, all right, we did that fight. We're going to move to women's flyweight, Ariana Lipsky versus Melissa Gatto. Lipsky, the queen of violence, 15 and eight, six knockouts, three submissions. She's been knocked out four times, four and five in the UFC, gone win-loss win over her last three, and she's won two over her last five. These fight up and down weight class. So up at Bantamweight, down at Strawweight, was the KSW champion before this. 2013 pro MMA debut, inch taller than Gatto, more active landing strikes than Gatto. She's been outstruck in the UFC by 0.11 strikes per minute. Plus 200 is the number on her. Gatto, 8-1-2. and two, two knockouts, four submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 2-1 and one in the UFC. Lost her last fight. That was back in May of 2022. Uh, her wins in the UFC have been via TKO. Used to fight at, up at Bantamweight as well. Two inches of reach then over Lipsky, and she's two years younger. Better striking stats. She's outstruck her UFC opponents by 0.67 strikes a minute. Minus 210. I'm going with another dog, Dan. Back-to-back, plus 200 or more dogs, which is rare for me. Um... Ripsky just looked really good her last fight. Looked like what we hoped she was going to look like in the UFC. Uh, concerned about Gatto's time off, um, plus the fact that she she lost her last fight. Has not beaten anyone really of significance in the UFC. She beat Sajara Eubanks and Victoria Leonardo. Um, obviously, the grappling is a bit of a concern, even though she only lands about less than, than two takedowns uh, per fight. Um, still... Um, Lipsky has not been taken down in three straight fights as well. So uh, she's not the easiest person to take down. So I'm, I'm going with Lipsky, uh, hopefully on a bit of a roll here and Gatto, hopefully a little bit, uh, a little bit rusty. I, I like both women. So it was a tough one to pick. Uh, I'm going Gatto. I, I think you're okay. right to be concerned about the grappling. Um, you know, you mentioned she only, you know, scores about two takedowns a fight. That's because she's finishing fights. She doesn't even yep. get the whole fight to do that. Um, and then secondly, she took Tracy Cortez down three times. Um, and was clearly the better grappler in that fight to me. Um, not that Tracy Cortez didn't get a couple of her own, didn't get some top control time. Uh, but like, I just thought Melissa Gatto was a better, well, maybe not better grappler. I'll, let me take that back. I think she's a better wrestler than Tracy Cortez. I, I think her ability to get the fight to the mat is better than Tracy Cortez. And yeah, Lipsky looked good in her last fight. I will definitely give you that. But it was like, defending and getting the grappling going against J.J. Aldrich, um, who, who I don't particularly think is a great grappler. And, you know, like you mentioned the last two victories for Melissa Gatto 
have come by knockout, right? Like her, her only two wins in the UFC, she finished Sajara Eubanks with a body kick. She broke Victoria Leonardo's arm. If you want to go before that, she finished Carol Hosa, who we're going to talk, who we already talked about on last episode. She's a finisher. And when you look at Lipsky's last three losses in the UFC, she got finished by Montana De La Rosa, Antonina Shevchenko, and Priscilla Cachueta. I think Ghetto's better than all of them. And she's definitely a better grappler than at least two of them, probably all three of them. That was so long ago, Dan. You're living in the past. But yeah, this is an interesting fight. I think it's more interesting that I took back-to-back plus 200 dogs. <laughs> weird things are going on, Dan. That That's a pretty weird one, yeah. <laughs> it is very strange. Um, all right. Something that's not weird is if I'm in an underdogs, you're in an underdogs, then it makes sense that we're brought to you by underdog fantasy. Cause best underdog fantasy has got best ball mania four right now. And underdog fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog pick is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season player props. So many ways to win over an underdog and underdog is available in so many States. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for hundred percent deposit bonus up to hundred bucks. So underdogfantasy.com promo code SGPN. Maybe it's I'm feeling the heat because you're catching up. You, you could pass me in the yearly standings after this week. Maybe that's what's going on, Dan. Yeah, I mean, I just the first fight of the night could do that. Exactly. It could. That's right. You pick different there. Um, all right. Let's go to welterweights on the men's side. Max Griffin, Michael Morales. Uh, Griffin, Max Payne, Griffin, 19 and nine, nine knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out once. So anytime he's been stopped in 28 fights, seven and seven in the UFC. He's gone four and one over his last five, including winning his last fight. Multiple regional championships on his mantle. Correct. Get the shirt at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at middleweight 2009 pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his UFC opponents by 0.36 strikes per minute. He's at plus 215. Michael Morales, 14-0, and 11 knockouts, one submission, 2-0 in the UFC, 1-0 in the contender series. Last two wins have come via TKO slash KO. He also has multiple regional championships on his... Mantle. Correct. Shirt. Sportsgumblypodcast.com slash store. Used to fight at lightweight. An inch taller, three inches of reach on Griffin. 14 years younger. There's something to keep in mind. He's more active, landing strikes as well. He's outstruck his UFC and contender series opponents by 1.26 strikes a minute. Minus 245 is the number on Morales. I, I don't really love this number on Michael Morales because he is a little bit more green and, and this is his like first big step up, but I'm still going to pick him here mostly just because first of all, I think he's going to be way faster. I think he's going to be way sharper. And also I think the big thing for me in picking Michael Morales here is the reach advantage. Um, because Max Griffin has really had a lot of issues with people who have better reach than him. Um, you saw it with Neil Magny, uh, Magny just stuck a jab in his face nonstop. He really couldn't do much with it. Um, you could say a similar thing with Tim means who uh, granted he beat Tim means, but like he struggled with Tim means who's a little bit rangier of a guy. Now you're going to get a guy who's fast, young and rangy, man. I I think that's going to be too much for Max Griffin. I will say, like, it wouldn't shock me if if Max Griffin kind of surprised the young gun here and and, you know, made him work harder than he's used to working. But at the end of the day, I still think Morales gets it done. Yeah. Usually guys 14 years younger than their opponent are faster. So, yeah, definitely could be a lot faster. faster. He should be a lot faster. here. Exactly. Younger, faster, longer, uh, extremely dangerous uh, striker. So, yeah, he's definitely a picker, but. Um, Griffin is next to impossible to, uh, to be in stop. So 
like you said, you may uh, drag him into deep water here, but I think Morales is going to come through. All right, lightweight may uh, co-main event: Demir Ismagula versus Grant Dawson, a guest on Top Turtle Podcast two weeks ago, right? Last week, Correct. I guess it would Correct. have been. Yeah, yeah, last week. Cor- Correct. All right, Dawson. KGD is the nickname. Is that like a play on KGB? Or what? I have no idea. Killer Grant Dawson. That's what King, it's for. King that's Grant Dawson. King Killer, something like that. Uh, he's nineteen one and one. Four knockouts, 13 submissions. He's one in a, uh, sorry, he's been knocked out once. Only time he's been stopped in 21 fights. 7-0-1 in the UFC. He's won two straight fights, both via submission. He's missed weight three times, including his last fight. Used fight down at Featherweight, 1-0 in the Contender Series. He's three years younger than Ismagulov. He's outstruck his UFC and Contender Series opponents by 0.71 strikes a minute. Better grappling stats than Ismagulov. Even money on him right currently, plus 100. Ismagulov is 24 and 2, 12 knockouts, one submission, never been finished in a fight. 5 and 1 in the UFC. He's got 19 and 1 over his last 20 fights, but he did lose his last fight. He's the gentleman that lost to uh, Armin Sarukian. Uh, I got mixed up. I got Ismagulov and Kutsalatse mixed up yesterday. Imagine that. Um, he was the M1 champion and a regional champion. He has missed weight as well in the past 2014 Pro MMA debut. Two inches of reach on Dawson. He's more active, landing strikes. And he's outstruck his UFC opponents by 1.27 strikes a minute, minus 110. Give me the even money. Give me another underdog here. Grant Dawson. Uh, I'm high on Grant Dawson. Um, obviously, him missing weight is an issue. Um, so keep an eye on that. But it hasn't really hindered him in fights because he's undefeated in the UFC. He just looked fantastic. Um, especially his grappling and submission game, is, uh, obviously. Ismagulov is going to be a tough test for him. Perhaps the toughest test he's had in his career, but uh, I think Dawson passes it. So give me the even money here. Yeah, and I think Kutatsaladze, by the way, beat Ismagulov. I think I said it on yesterday's show. When when that fight went to split, I was like, oh, that's weird. I thought Kutatsaladze won this easy, and he winds up losing the split, and Ismagulov winds up being the one who gets the Sakurian fight instead. And I would just say in both of those fights, the thing that worries me the most about is Magulov is he just has trouble with dudes who are bigger, stronger, and will put him up against the cage. Um, And who's bigger and stronger and will put you up against the cage better than Grant Dawson? So, you know, Grant Dawson is a guy who is slowly making a name for himself in this division. I think he's up to being ranked like, you know, like 13th or 14th now. Um, you know, he's got a huge frame. Like there was reason he wasn't making weight at 45. That that dude is huge. And he just keeps seeming to get bigger. Um, clearly the work at American top teams paying off because he's looked better and better every fight since moving down there. Um, you know, he he took it to Mark Madsen and out grappled him. That's a high level grappler that he beat up right there. I, I just say this, like, I, I don't think Grant Dawson gets beat here unless you can really threaten him on the feet. And I don't know that Ismagulov can do that. Like, I don't think he can threaten Grant Dawson enough on the feet to keep the wrestling away. So give me Grant Dawson here in just like an absolute grinder of a fight. All right. No, his last name's Ov, ends in Ov, though. So obviously he can grapple, Dan. Yeah, well, that you know, you could say that about Rudzaboyev, too, right? <laughs> sure. If, how about Ab- Abu? Magomed Dov, who we're going to talk about, Abus Magomedov, who we're going to talk about right now in the main event. He can actually uh, grapple a little. I'm going to tell yeah. you about that. <laughs> <laughs> He's in a middleweight fight against Sean Strickland, who I just saw a, a compilation of Sean Strickland road rage videos. Have you ever seen that before? No. Have you ever he, seen, he has... speaking of good road rage ones, though, have you ever seen, uh, have you seen the interview with Vince Pichel where he like pauses in the middle of the interview 
to just scream at somebody uh, on the side of the road. Yes, I believe uh, so. Yeah. It's so good, man. That dude, uh, that that dude's got a lot of anger built up, um, and it's yeah. usually pretty funny when it comes out. <laughs> yes. Um, all right. Let's talk about Ab Mago Medov first. Twenty-five, four and one. 14 knockouts, six submissions. Knocked out once, submitted twice. One known in the UFC. He's won three straight fights, all via finish. He's not lost since December 2018. He went three one and one in the PFL and made the 20 to the 2018 finals. Was a regional champion, used to fight at welterweight, 2010 pro MMA debut. Inch height, two inches of reach over Strickland. Striking stats better than Strickland. Were based, his, his stats are based off of one fight, though. Strike stats are better. He's four times more active landing strikes. His strike differential in his uh, UFC debut was plus 22.11 strikes per minute. <laughs> he, he was not hit in the fight. Um, so he's not been hit yet in the UFC. He's at plus 126. Strickland, Tarzan Strickland, 26 and 5, 10 knockouts, four submissions. He's been knocked out twice, 13 and 5 in the UFC, one and two over his last three, but he did win his last fight. He's fight up and down weight class. So light heavyweight and welterweight was regional champion, 2008 pro MMA debut. He's outstruck his opponents by about a strike and a half a minute, 1.51 to be exact. He's got better grappling stats than Mega Medov, minus 138. Gumby. I'm going to go dog to end this. Uh, I'm going to take a boost Mega Medov, uh, which I don't think a lot of people are ready for. What, what did you say the dog number on him was? 126. 26. Not too bad. Um, look, I, I just think at the end of the day, wh when you're, you're breaking down this fight and you're looking at how – Strickland can win, right? Like Strickland is a guy who uses his length, right? Like he's a guy who pushes forward. He, you know, lives behind that jab. He doesn't throw anything big, right? Like that's probably why he lost the Cannoneer fight, right? Is nothing he threw is devastating, hurt anybody or anything like that. And by fighting long and staying in people's face, he wears them down uh, and he builds up, you know, significant strike numbers. Abus pressures his in his own way. He's also, as you just mentioned, taller and longer than Sean Strickland. And I actually think he fights taller and longer, too, because he like he almost like leans forward in a way that gives him like some extra reach. Plus, he uses all of those like jumping front kicks, which I know, like, you'll remember the one that knocked out Dustin Stoltzfus. But like, that's not the only one he throws. Like he threw a bunch when he was in PFL. He does it just to like create space and, and alleviate pressure. So I think that works really well against Sean Strickland. I also think you're just going to see him like if he needs to go to his wrestling, his wrestling is like pretty surprisingly good, particularly in like body lock takedowns um, or getting you against the cage and eventually working down to your hips. Because uh, he did it against uh, um, the Swedish Denzel Washington, Sadabu Sai. Um, you know, like he he beat the hell out of him both in the stand-up, but then even when like the stand-up wasn't going quite as good as he wanted to, he got in on the hips, he took his back, he dominated him grappling-wise like that for a while, took a really easy decision. Um, you know, like so the fact that like that's an extra thing he has in his back pocket that I think Sean Strickland I mean, I guess Sean Strickland has shown some decent wrestling from time to time, but I don't think he's he's good like that. Um, and, and really, the only people who have beaten Magomedov in like the last eight years, but one guy it was the PFL finals. He got knocked out. And it's not like Sean Strickland can knock out anybody anymore, right? Like Sean Strickland maybe had knockout power once upon a time, but he certainly doesn't have it anymore. He's fine just like pumping out 37 straight jabs and winning a decision. And I just don't know that that wins here against Magomedov. I think Magomedov... A little bit too dangerous, a little bit too versatile, 
Um, and I think the the spacing is going to be a big thing here for for him against Strickland. So yeah, uh, I'm going to close this one out. Give me the dog. If you cut him off in traffic, he's going to knock you out. Though I bet. Uh, hey, <laughs> he will. Uh, give me Strickland. Um, I I trust him more than Magomedov at this at this point. Um, but this is a this is a show me moment. So if Magomedov shows me then uh, that he can beat a guy of. Strickland's caliber, then I will be on board. So, um, all right, let's recap. I got Strickland. He's got Mega Madoff. We both have Dawson. We both have Morales. I have Lipsky. He has Gatto. We both have St. Denis and we both have Fahea. Now, locks, dogs, props, parlays, all that fun stuff. I have to go first, don't I? I guess I better get one here. Um, do, do, do. I got to have a lock. Do I? Let me see. It's got to be a, try to give you guys a. Uh, I could I could pick pick uh, Joanderson Bredu, right? Minus twelve oh five. Is that a good one? You you can. Uh, you definitely you <laughs> definitely gonna, I can. You're definitely gonna hit it. <laughs> All right. Give me fuck Radinov um over Kevin Lee at minus one ninety. I think that's a more favorable number, and I think he's gonna win the fight easily. So yeah, that's the one I had to. Um fuck oh, Radinov. Okay, yeah, fuck Radinov. Uh I, I think too many advantages here against Kevin Lee. I, I will say my close second here was uh Bruno Fajeda. Um, I think brutal. Yeah, I thought about him too. yeah that, that one's right there. I was kind of hoping you picked him so that we'd both have different ones, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to stick with Fokker Dino too. That's my favorite play. All right. Underdogs. I actually have, uh, I don't think I didn't pick any in the prelims, so it'll have to be one from the main card, which I do have some, I got St. Denis. I've got Lipsky. I've got Dawson. That would be the coward play. Wouldn't it to pick the even money one? Yeah. Um, that's your best one. It makes sense, but. Yeah, it's probably my best one. Dawson, plus one hundred. I'm I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go with the big swing. I actually loved Saint Denis this week. All right. Uh, he, he's one. He's a guy who uh, I think at two sixty you just can't pass on. So I'm I'm gonna take a big swing in my dog and my prop this week, especially because I've hit you know I've hit five out of six dogs. Uh, and actually, let's see, six out of eight. Look at that. Look the only you. ones who bur- the only ones who burnt me were Eric Anders and Kron Crazy. <laughs> yeah, we're really, not gonna, we're not going to talk about Kron. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. Um, do you have Joe Anderson Brito odds? Um, I'm looking at best fights. Nah, they're, they just no, they're not it's... out yet because it's a late yep, replacement okay. fight. So yeah, they're yeah. they're, they're going to be again. I, I think I said on yesterday's episode if you can find him KO in the first round, that's the way to play it. But uh, yeah, those they're not out yet. Yeah, makes sense. Um, I know one that I like as well. Let me get, let's take it. Bruno Fajaya via knockout, which is at it's only at minus one ten. Are you kidding me? Hmm. I mean, it, it well, makes sense. I, I mean, like he's yeah. if he's gonna win, that's how he's gonna win, most likely. Yeah, it's true. Do I want that though? Yeah, all right, fine. I said it, so now I'll take it. Fajaya right. via knockout minus one ten. All right. Um, and I'm going to take a much bigger swing than you did, uh, as I mentioned before. Uh, I, I mentioned I like Melissa Gatto. Uh, she's won her last two fights by knockout. Um, all three of the last losses from Ariane Lipsky, all by being grounded, pounded, or TKO'd in some way, shape, or form. Gatto by knockout or TKO right now is posting at plus 510. Um, wow. Yeah, and I can't believe that like somebody who's won her last two victories by knockout and somebody who's lost her last three losses by knockout 
are going to enter a fight with the the knockout queen here at plus 510. So, uh, yeah, I mean, like, Gatto by knockout seems like a an easy enough pick for me. Fantastic. That's a big one. All right. Uh, we both have Fakhridinov as our locks. He has St. Denis. I have Dawson as our dogs, but we're both in on both those ones as well. He's got Gatto, TKO, as his prop pick, and I got Fahea, TKO slash KO as my prop pick. And now, Hungry Man Jong, super fan parlay. Two fights. Hopefully, they will hit and will make us big money. What do we got? I went a little safer this week because I went big last week. Didn't pay off. So I'm going to take, you know, I think I mentioned Ivana Petrovic. Uh, I really like her uh, to finish this fight. I think as soon as she wants to take this to the ground and hit a rear naked choke, she's going to. Um, Her inside the distance, I don't even have to get fancy and pick submission just in case she does like what she's seeing on the feet and hit a knockout. She's plus 210 to get the finish. I think that's a good number on her there to get started with a big parlay. And then I'm going to follow that up with Grant Dawson wins by decision. Um, while I do think he's a grinder and has finished a lot of fights and, you know, he got the rear naked choke and his two of his last, I think it was three of his last four victories. I just don't see him subbing Isma Gulov. Um, I can see him turning it into a grind and winning this fight, but if he wins, it's going to be probably by decision in my opinion. And that's plus 265, uh, which I think is kind of a sleepy good play. So you put those two together, you're going to get 1031. Makes, yeah, both both those are solid plays in my eyes. Not that you need my my validation, but I like them both as well. So, all right, that is it. We've wrapped up our UFC on ESPN Strickland versus Mega Madoff coverage. Any breaking news, last minute stuff will be in our Discord, sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. In the fights channel on there is where we talk fights. Imagine that. Uh, Twitter, we're at SGPN MMA and at Gumby Reeland and at Jeff Fox Writer. You get all my MMA writing in your inbox and enter my free pick'em contest over at moneymma.substack.com. You can get Gumby in your ears minus me on his Top Turtle podcast uh that should be in your feeds or in your in your podcast catcher currently so make sure you subscribe and download all those episodes and for all your sports gambling needs go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com we'll be back on sunday to count all our money that we won this weekend right that's right (laughs) say goodbye to the people all right i'm dana gooby freeland he's the violence queen jeff fox and we will see you on sunday